Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this Friday, May 27th. I broadcast weekdays, that's Monday to Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on WINB. And a shout out to those tuning in from WINB. And don't forget, I broadcast in high quality CD stereo sound right here at weekendvigilante.com. And don't forget to sign up for my podcast. And you can even get the Weekend Vigilante app. Make sure if you do have the app that you have updated it to the latest version because we've added some really neat features on there. And we're making a few more changes that'll make it a great and very convenient way to listen to the program. So thank you for taking the time to tune in from across the globe. So it's May 27th, or wait, maybe it's not. Maybe it's really next week, or maybe it's a month ago. That is so weird. I had this memory that I was broadcasting for the last six years, but maybe I just think I'm broadcasting. Okay, you're picking up on my sarcasm, which is what I'm going to get into today. My show today is going to address a topic that everyone is emailing me about. I've got emails, letters and calls about this topic that has taken the internet by storm. And people are asking me about the Mandela effect. So my show is going to address it today once and for all. And then I'm putting it to bed. So if you've had questions on the Mandela effect, or if you've heard people talking about it, there's countless, I mean, there is a plethora of different bloggers and writers and so-called experts writing and doing videos about this Mandela effect. And I'm going to put this whole thing to rest in my opinion today. So hopefully, this will clear up my opinion on the whole issue. So first of all, what is the Mandela effect? Now, if you're listening to this show, and you haven't heard of it, It refers to apparently real or alternate memories of a history that doesn't match the documented history in this reality. Now, essentially, this Mandela effect is a theory that was now get this, it was put forth by a paranormal writer. That should be your first clue. She's an author and researcher who, again, keep this in mind now, studies topics related to ghosts, fairies, and alternate history. The theory of a Mandela effect actually apparently allegedly emerged from a 2005 discussion in DragonCon's green room. Well, DragonCon, huh? Well, that should tell you something. I'll get into that a little bit later. But at this conference, someone mentioned that many people remembered Nelson Mandela's earlier death in prison. And so that sparked an immediate discussion about the 
alternate event that differs from our current timeline. And this is the whole theory on this is that we are in an alternate timeline. So Fiona first sold her ghost story to Fate magazine in the early 80s. And since then, she claims to be a reliable information resource in a variety of paranormal fields. Now, keep in mind, she's written and contributed to over a dozen best-selling books. You can look those up online. And she's been a consultant, quote unquote, for paranormal TV shows and the stars on them. And she's the founder of a really interesting website. I guess it's apparently one of the Internet's oldest ghost-related websites, hollowhill.com. Now it's ghosts101.com. And apparently she's written more than a thousand articles for magazines and websites. And she's been a speaker and panelist at a wide range of international events, including the New England Ghost Conference, Ghost Stock, which is G-H-O-S-T-O-C-K, and at the Central Texas Paranormal Conference. I didn't know there was annual ghost conferences, but apparently also Canada's annual G-H-O-S-T-S. It's an acronym, and she's been involved in those since the inception. And of course, back to DragonCon. Since 2006, she's been a frequent invited guest and panelist at that event as well. So she's got a specific website called MandelaEffect.com. Now from this, I'm going to read to you what it says here. Our reality as we know it has been tampered with and our history has been retroactively changed. So they essentially say that it is unknown what is causing these different versions of our history. But so far, the two leading theories are that we're sliding between parallel or similar realities or that we've visited holodecks and maybe in one right now, in fact, that have some glitches. So these alternate realities, they go on to call them portals and EMF surges could be a part of this related to geographical locations in general and misalignments like vortices location-specific memories, and this includes alternate geography as well. They go on to actually say, you know, there's something that has affect even the geography that we know. And it also goes on to say quantum science tests, including CERN projects, may have affected the fabric of our reality. So there you go. Now, there are a litany of theories out there. It's like a firestorm all over the internet. Some say it's government mind control. Again, that CERN is wreaking havoc with our time-space continuum and causing glitches in our reality or glitches in our matrix, if you will. Now, I want to talk about some of the most popular alternate memories. So the first one is, of course, where they get the word Mandela effect, that Nelson Mandela's death in prison long before his actual death in this time stream. See, again, there's that time stream glitch that in our our actual time stream, he died in prison. But the reality is, folks, that Nelson Mandela died after getting released from prison. So I don't know why that one's a big issue. But apparently, according to millions, they remember, they recall that Nelson Mandela actually died in prison. Now, the big one that's floating around out there, of course, is the Berenstain Bears. I'm going to play a clip from the original song that Leanne Womack sang, and you tell me what you hear. Somewhere deep in bear country, 
Bernstein Bears. Okay, so as you know, in the end, I put it three times. Just to prove a point, she clearly says Bernstein. Now, the big issue was, what do you recall? Don't you recall it was Berenstein all over the internet? People say, no, it, there was never a, it wasn't spelt with stain on the end. It was always Steen with an E-I-N, not an A-I-N on the end. So that is, of course, the biggest thing is, is people going on and on about how it was definitely Berenstein with an E. And there's bloggers putting pictures from TV guides from the 90s saying, there you go, it was Berenstein with an E. So that's one of the big ones. Another one is, of course, the huge one is what did Darth Vader say to Luke after cutting off his hand in the infamous scene where he reveals that he's his father? Everyone is sure, millions of people insist that our timeline has changed because Darth Vader said, Luke, I am your father. Remember, we all know it's Luke, I am your father, right? Well, let's listen to the movie. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. There you go. It's no, I am your father. Pretty simple. Now, Billy Graham's funeral was televised on TV, a lot of people say. But interesting that as of today, he's still alive. One other thing that was a big one is that the color chartreuse, many people recall chartreuse as a pink or reddish or maroon type purpley color, and it's actual yellow green. And it just goes to prove that somebody, a time traveler, went back in space and altered our present reality. Because remember, come on, chartreuse was a pinkish purple color, remember? No, it's always been yellow green. Hey, I have three sons. I bought them lots of box of crayons, and it was always greenish yellow then the big one is curious george tail or no tail everyone said he had a tail he never had a tail trust me so another one was jiff or jiffy peanut butter people insist oh no it was jiffy peanut butter for sure it was never called jiffy it was just jiff but no people are saying no it was jiffy for sure and of course talking about other name swaps and color swaps they say the Pepsi logo changed and the Chevron logo changed. The red blue was invertedly flipped somewhere in this inverted timeline that we're living in. And then locations are being questioned like New Zealand's location relative to Australia. The Lindbergh baby never found question mark. In this time stream, the 20 month old baby was found in 1932. But there's a big question on that. They're talking about King Henry VIII. People insist that King Henry VIII portrait had a turkey leg in his hand. Many people clearly recall seeing it in history books, but now there's no record of it. So again, that space-time continuum in our timeline must have been affected by maybe space travelers. This is one of the theories being promulgated is that space travelers went back in time and changed it. Because, of course, it was Luke, I am your father. And then there's two other big ones. And it was blank, blank on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all from Snow White? Fill in the blank there. Well, everyone insists it was mirror, mirror on the wall. But it was actually magic mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? 
And the other big one that's circulating all over that people insist was Warner Brothers Bugs Bunny cartoons. You remember the Looney Tunes? They insist that it was spelled Looney Tunes. The tunes part was T-O-O-N-S. It's got to be because, of course, it's the partial word for cartoons, right? It was actually spelled T-U-N-E-S. But people insist, no, I know for a fact it was T-O-O-N-S. And there's a lot of other examples too, but those are only a few just to give you an example. And so this Mandela effect really is a way of describing that clear interruption in the space-time continuum and that someone has clearly went back in time and changed something and it's affected the future. Sort of a bit like this back to the future scenario where Doc says, Marty, if you change the slightest thing, you will affect the course of things in the future. For example, in that one episode, when he comes back and his parents are totally different, remember, different house, different car, different careers, even a different appearance. They're fit tennis players. And then Biff's out there scrubbing his dad's car. You remember that. Anyway, they're claiming outright positively that a person or persons have gone back in time and rewrote subtle verses, even in the Bible, from subtle changes to nuances to certain scriptures where they've entirely changed something. And of course, they could have done this at CERN. And of course, now you have Bible changes. One of the big ones that's out there being, well, there's two major ones being promulgated. Millions thought it said you can't put new wine into fill in the blank. Everyone insists it's you can't put new wine into old wineskins. And in fact, some of these current Bible translations actually do have the word wineskins there. But in the original King James Version, it says you cannot put new wine into bottles. That's what the scripture has always said. Another one is the lion shall lay down with the fill in the blank. And some guy on the internet did a video insisting that these time travelers have went back and made these subtle changes to your Bible. And now your Bible can't be trusted at all. And there's even one on forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So they say, no, no, that wasn't originally there. There's absolutely no way that this thing, it was absolutely changed. It was, it was changed. Now, one of the other ones, of course, that's going around the internet is from Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt blank his heel. What's the word there? Did you guess crush? Because it's crush. Sheila, it said crush in the original. We all remember it said crush. Actually, it said, and thou shalt bruise his heel. It's bruise and bruise, not bruise and crush. These people insist, no, Sheila, we remember it said crush. The Dewey Rames Bible actually says this, I will put enmities between thee and the woman and thy seed and her seed, and she shall crush thy head, and thou shalt lie in wait for her heel. So that word crush is put into a different translation, but people are insisting, no, no, it originally said crush. One other one is Luke 19, 13, and he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. It never said 10 pounds, Sheila. It was minus. 
Yeah, well, it changed in the new international version, but the King James said 10 pounds. Another one was in Matthew when Jesus was giving the parable of the labor. Jesus said a penny a day. Oh, Sheila, it never said penny. Some time traveler changed that phrase to penny. Um, yeah, it said penny. See, these time travelers have clearly gone back in time and changed our reality. There you have it. One blogger writes here, warning, the Mandela effect may be bigger and more real than we first imagined. This is most likely just the start of things to come. I've spent years of my life pointing out the inconsistencies we have been taught both in school as children and today on a daily basis by our establishment-loving, agenda-driven, history-rewriting, bought-out mainstream media. There are some basic things about the world which have always been set in stone for us. Things like the fact that cats go meow and dogs go woof, or that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. Maybe that's my mistake that I did not realize before now nothing is set in stone. Hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of people remember the Bernstein Bears with an E. It cannot just be a mass hallucination. In fact, I cannot find anyone in real life who remembers Berenstain Bears, and I vividly recall trying to reconcile in my little kid mind whether it was pronounced Berenstein or Berenstein like Frankenstein, but I definitely know it wasn't Berenstain. Until a few days ago, I lived in a world where there was no such thing as the Berenstain Bear, and that might seem like a trivial little detail, the spelling of a children's book, but for me... It isn't trivial. It raises the question about whether reality can be retroactively altered and what the true nature of the universe is. This isn't simply an issue of an unreliable memory or mass delusion or a collective memory distortion as there are simply too many people who clearly, vividly recall the Bernstein Bears. This guy writing the blog goes on to ask, Are we living in a holograph? A computer program? Is there a glitch in the matrix? Is there a warp in this parallel universe? An alternate dimension folded into our own has cerned open a wormhole? And has time travelers changed something? No matter how seemingly inconsequential in the past and now subtle things at present have been forever altered, like our beloved Berenstein Bears. You know, even Christians are saying it is different than it was years ago. Something's changed in the matrix. It's got to be a glitch. And I guess, folks, where I'm going with this whole show today is this is what concerns me about that. And I'll read this email from a Christian. This is what's got me very concerned. Sheila, I need your help in sorting this out. I just recently found out about this Mandela effect, and I'm very upset to see changes appearing in our Bibles. I'm struggling to understand why the Lord would allow this to happen to his precious word. What worries me the most is that it has really just begun, and it has really got me questioning everything. It's causing me a great deal of concern. What is going on here? Can you please address this issue? As I've been talking to many people at my church And it has many of us confused. Diane Hunter, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Diane, I'm sharing that because it's not the only email I had about this. Because this seems to be something that's put out there now that's causing a lot of confusion. 
what you have here is a lot of kooks promulgating something very goofy. This is a made-up theory that we live in an alternate parallel universe, okay? You know, obviously, I gave you some examples. I can go on and on. But here's how this can be easily cured. People don't know the Bible. We know we live in a very biblically anemic society. The Bible, it's not been corrupted, and it cannot be corrupted. That's rule number one. So what is rule number one? There's no mistakes in the Bible. Rule number two, if you ever question it, Go back to rule number one. There's no mistakes in the Bible. There's always going to be a battle in a person's mind about believing the Bible. Yeah, the flesh hates the Bible. Your flesh hates getting up in the morning. Your flesh hates going to work or eating healthy. Your flesh inherently, innately wants to break God's laws. But your spirit man says, no, I'm not going to do that today. And the flesh throws a fit. That's a continual battle that the Bible tells us about. The Spirit says, I'm not indulging you today, flesh. This is your salvation we're talking about here, folks, because you start questioning the inerrant word of God. Well, then that's a problem. It's doubt. It really is about doubt. And that's the opposite of faith. Think about the trick the devil played to try and convince you there are mistakes in your Bible. This is what this is. People that are expressing a lot of fear on this and obsessing about this have to understand, for us as believers, 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And you have to decide if God would preserve his words as he has promised. Psalm 12.6-7 offers a wonderful promise there that God will preserve his words forever. And that promise of preservation is ironically missing in most of these modern, I call them translaterations, these translations, it's missing it. But God says in his word that he's going to preserve his words forever. If we had a parallel universe, then the Bible wouldn't be true. Or other versions of you in an alternate reality, this multiple universe theory, it can't be true. This hologram, we live in a hologram, that goes against the Bible. And it's corruption from a different angle, a scientific angle. People are suggesting quantum physics and people going back in time and changing the Bible. Well, you know, that comes straight from the pit of hell. Here's the bottom line. When your flesh says they went back and changed the Bible because, hey, it used to be round the earth and now it's flat. And that basically is saying don't trust in God's word. Don't take it for face value. And let's take that even one step further. What that really says is you can't trust God. Hey, if you can't trust his word, you can't trust him. And that's essentially what this is all about. Think about what it says there in Psalm 40, 11. Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. Preserve. Think about Proverbs 2, 8. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of the saint. There's that word there again, preserve. If you have a jar of strawberries, a jar of preserves, and you go to the cellar and grab that jar and you see the top's been popped and there's mold all over the top, you don't say, oh, this is fine and take it upstairs and slap it on your bread. No, you throw it away. That hasn't been preserved Well, this is the same thing with these spoilers that have come in here, folks. This is a moldy, muddy, murky bunch of garbage. 
And I'm going to tell you, it's jelly jar simple. It wasn't preserved. God has preserved the way of his saints. God's preserved his word. And we don't have time for moldy spoilers to come in and tell us the Bible is not pure. The Bible is pure. It's the pure, infallible, inerrant, immutable, eternal word of God Almighty. But these unsavory spoilers have come in here and got you questioning everything. These people have come in and corrupted God's word. God designed corruption to stink and taste bad. All you have to do is go chug some milk that's gone bad. It looks nasty and it tastes worse. Smells bad, looks bad. Ugh. And God designed it that way. You should be able to tell the difference between something that's corrupt and something that's pure. We have discernment. And let me tell you, something stinks in Denmark with this whole Mandela effect, folks. Psalm 12, 6. The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Pure words. I love the way it says it there in Psalm 119, 40. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. The word is pure. Don't let this thing instill fear in you, folks. No matter what these so-called experts out there in internet land, in radio world, and their so-called convincing proof is or appears to be, you decide, I'm going to believe God. No time travelers went back and changed the Bible of yours. There's no alternate parallel universe, and nobody went back in time in a DeLorean and change something in the past. Every word of God is flawless. And he is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Proverbs 30 verse 5, a shield, the shield of faith. If you're fearing, you're also not in faith. These guys in this movement are planting the seeds of doubt. Many people are getting obsessed by this. But listen to me, there is a strong delusion coming someday. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. There is a big lie coming, folks. The biggest lie in humankind is going to be perpetrated on the people. And whatever lie is being told is probably going to be backed up by these translaterations, these translations of the Bible, like the NIV, the HIV, the SUV, whatever these abomination translations are. I'm going to read you out of 2 Thessalonians 2, a couple of verses here. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you. There's that word deceive. And look at it says here in verse 11 and the final couple chapters, that they all might be damned who believeth not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. And what does it say in Matthew 13, 19? So interesting. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. That is he who received seed by the wayside. And John 8, 44 tells us, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the 
truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. And what is 1 Peter 5, 8? Warn us, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, how does he devour? By having us doubt God's word. Not cool people doubting God's word. Yeah, sometimes doubt manifests itself in the questioning of the truthfulness or the surety of God's word. Doubt's been around for a while. I get it. It was the cause of the first sin in Eden, the serpent and Eve. Remember the forbidden tree? They would die. The serpent, the devil then said, you will not surely die for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will become like God, knowing good and evil. At the word of the serpent, Eve doubted God's command and promise, and she took of the tree and ate and sinned. Satan wants you to doubt God's word, whether it is doubt in his word or doubting that what he said will come to pass. He wants men to think that the word of God, the Bible, it's just merely a collection of the words of uninspired men, half-truths, allegory, and lies. And you can't really take it at face value. And of course, the promise of blessings for the faithful and punishment for the disobedient, that'll never be fulfilled. He wants the believers to doubt that God will be with them or bless them or reward them. But he also wants the unbelieving to think there really isn't such thing as a God and there certainly isn't such thing as the devil or demons. And they're never going to have to give account for their lives. He wants more than anything for men to doubt God and his word. And that's what all this is about. So here's my final thoughts on the Mandela madness. And I'm not going to do another show on it. I'm not going to give this thing any more life. This is the only show that I'm going to even waste my breath on it. And what I really suggest that everyone do that has read about this, participated in it, in chats and forums, renounce your involvement. Repent to God for having doubt and get on with it. Don't spend one more minute on this mindlessness, folks, about our Bible changing. I don't know if you heard a pastor misquote something or whatever, or if maybe your TV guide misspelt the word Bernstein bears, but whatever the case, I do know if you repeat a lie over and over again, hey, Hitler knew that. If you repeat a lie over and over, people become deceived. And I'm going to take a very unpopular stance here, but I'm going to tell you, walk away, folks. Walk away from this. Get off this M effect and get on with the J effect. That's my advice. Get your eyes fixated on Jesus. And off this goofy madness, this seeds of doubt-based crazy theory, stop. There is not a force in the universe that can corrupt the true word of God. So whatever this whole Mandela effect, run from it, folks. That's my advice. And I just want to remind people, of course, back to the originator of this whole idea. Don't forget, Miss Paranormal slash Ghost slash Necromancy. Well, we know what the Bible says about all that stuff. It's witchcraft, it's divination, and this is what we're dealing with. Making the word of God of none effect. So there you have Sheila's rundown, my take on the whole Mandela madness. So hopefully this puts things at rest. We have some great guests next week. So we'll see you next week. Have a blessed weekend. Thanks for listening. Good night and God bless.